Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder. I'm Alex Argo. This is episode 33. So tonight we're missing our one of our characters, uh, Alex Robinson. He could not make it. He'll be back next week, though. Do not despair. <laughs> <laughs> no, no need to send out any search parties. He should be back and feeling better than ever. Yeah, I think he might be at the Apple store trying to swap out his iPhone because of the whole chipgate thing. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't buy a 6S, did he? Yeah, I don't think he did. I was joking, but... Okay. That seems to be all, all the news lately. Everyone's talking about what, what iPhone oh, did man. you get? And... <laughs> chipgate or battery gate? Take your pick. What do you yeah. want to call it? Chipgate sounds good. Yeah, I like that better. It's shorter. Well, that's really what the difference was, is what the, who fabbed your, your, your chip, so. Right, so, and it shocks me because the Samsung version, so we have the Samsung and we have a TSMC, right, and the Samsung version is built on a smaller uh, process. Was it 14 nanometers and the other one's 16? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, that sounds right. I think I read somewhere that once you start fabbing it lower and lower, whatever whatever it's called, sometimes you run into issues with like uh, heat leakage. So until you've perfected whatever current process, so I think that may be potentially what's going on. If there actually is an issue, is that it's it's maybe like smaller, but so in theory that's normally more efficient. But like they haven't perfected keeping all the the heat so there's a lot more loss because it's all closer together i guess yeah once you get that small it, it starts to get pretty messy i mean i'm not a hardware engineer so for my mind 100 millimeters or wherever we were like <laughs> 10 years ago is plenty small to have no clue what's going on but anyways what 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 did you get sam do you have the samsung or the tsmc i have the tsmc so i don't care as much about this problem yeah same here it but, seems it seems like the more tests that I see around, the smaller the difference is. Oh yeah, like initially there was some big thing about like an up to two hour difference in battery life. Oh yeah, there's like a benchmark which was not like a real world scenario test, and there's like a twenty percent difference, which I guess probably adds up to a couple hours difference in battery life. But it seems like. Now we're seeing like two to three percent difference. So, and sometimes I think the Samsung one did better. So maybe it's not a big deal. Yeah, I think there was one category that did better, like WebGL or something. Yeah, and I haven't really seen it blown up in mainstream media. It's just kind of been the more like developer or tech focused places that, that I go. I don't know if you've seen right. it anywhere. Like, has it been on the morning news? Oh. You may have gotten a bad iPhone. Don't waste <laughs> your money or anything like that. Well, you know, running a eight-hour benchmark and recording that on YouTube just doesn't have the same kind of punch as bending your iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not too worried. It's a small difference. I'm a little surprised. But out of the two other devices, so three of us at work, we all had the TSMC one, and you have it. Mm-hmm. But you know one person that's got the Samsung one, that's about it. Yeah, my wife has the Samsung, and she has been complaining about the battery life, but she also has a, a 6, a 6S, and I have a 6, 6S Plus, so I'm like, yeah, you should have gotten the big phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did, did, didn't she have the big one before? No, she had a... She, she had a came, regular 6? She came from a 5S. She didn't even get a 6. So oh, okay. I'm surprised that a 2-year-old 5S going to a 6 
6S, she's complaining about battery life. But, I don't know, we'll, we'll see what happens over the next couple months. The battery size itself did go down from the 6, just get the force touch, or the, whatever, the 3D touch in there. So, I don't know, there, there still may be some legit battery complaints, but... I guess so. I mean, it is a smaller battery, but then again, you assume that it's got it's, a better processor. It's more processor. efficient, yeah. So... Well, there's, there is also some uh, new Apple hardware we got today. I don't know if you were planning on getting a new iMac, but there's new versions of all the iMacs are out and all the, all the cool new accessories. Did they rev the, the 5K as well? I believe they did, but they didn't... Um, I don't think on any of them did we get like Thunderbolt 3 or USB-C, which was kind of surprising. Yeah, you would have thought that they would bring that in to this new lineup. I know there's parts available for it, but I wonder if the laptop parts aren't ready yet, like the ones that Apple would want, so maybe they're waiting for that. I know some of the desktop parts are there, but I'm pretty sure Apple uses like more laptop-focused parts in their iMacs. So oh, that, definitely. That may be what the issue was. Doesn't, But isn't the MacBook a uh, Thunderbolt 3, or is it just... The... No, the MacBook uh, has USB-C, but it's only standard usb 3 it's not thunderbolt 3 okay so you won't be able to drive like your 4k display off of your your macbook probably because of the gpu in addition to the not having the bandwidth to, to push all the pixels over there right but yeah we have to wait for all the new silver lake stuff to come out for that and i was really hoping that that would happen this october but i guess i gotta wait there's a couple more weeks in october left still so don't yeah, but... don't give up hope yet. <laughs> <laughs> but they wouldn't they wouldn't have announced this and then had an October event, don't you think? Well, we may just get it in the laptops, and then uh, the iMacs won't get it for another six months or a year or something. I've got to imagine the Mac Pro gets Thunderbolt three before the iMac does, and the and the MacBook Pros. I figure that's that's got to be kind of the hierarchy of when you get all the cool new input. So I did pick up the Magic Trackpad too. I ordered that because my trackpad at home, it's a its a different brand. It's not an Apple one. Oh, was it pretty horrible? No, it actually was good, but recently it's been acting up. Okay. And so it, it actually looks like it'll fit right alongside of the other one, right alongside my keyboard, which is a Logitech. It's a, so it's probably a lower profile than the old Apple keyboard. Yeah, it is. It, and it's rechargeable, so I don't didn't have to spend... A, or whatever that was for that keyboard but man that trackpad price yeah it's not cheap it's like 130 bucks it used to, it's 60 dollars more than the old one which was 69 dollars right that sounds about right i just did not expect that big of a jump yeah i guess that's what you get for being an early adopter right <laughs> well it does add the force touch and it has the built-in battery and it does have a fast charging battery and i'm not sure about the trackpad itself but the the new Magic Mouse 2, you can charge that thing up in about two minutes and it has a nine-hour charge on it. Well, one of the things I noticed about that is you better be able to charge it up quick because the lightning use a USB to lightning cable to do it, and it's on the bottom, so you can't <laughs> use it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could kind of sort of use it. Like Not using so your well. finger underneath to like trick it into moving around or something? Mm-hmm. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> it's pretty lame. I, I did see someone... You know how the... Uh, the Lightning Docs came out with the new iPhones. They they went and got a new Magic Mouse and posted some tweets with pictures of, of their, uh, <laughs> their Magic, Magic Mouse, Mouse 2 Doc. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if it works. I'm not, they look kind of goofy. 
Yeah. Yeah, but the Magic Mouse, too, seemed kind of underwhelming, too. Like, I, I hate the Magic Mouse. I don't know about you, but... Oh, it makes my wrist flare up, and it's painful to use after a day or so. The biggest issue that I've had with it is you can't really tell the difference between, like, when you're scrolling or when you're trying to click on a mouse button. And, like, that's kind of annoying for me, but I have a five-year-old who likes to play Minecraft on our iMac, and he'll go and he's trying to, like, use an item and accidentally scrolls through the list and uses a different item. Oh. So it's, I don't know, I think it's a really, Apple has never really had a good track record with with mice in terms of usability they're always trying to be a little too cute i think remember that hockey puck that thing was awful yeah and then they had the the mighty mouse the mighty mouse with the little no that was probably the closest they got to making a good mouse i think <laughs> <laughs> had it's two a... had two buttons on it and you could the, the scroll was a separate thing it still kind of had a weird form factor yeah surprisingly microsoft does pretty good mice yeah, I've always been impressed with theirs. I mean, they've had their some of their generic things that are just kind of basic, but yeah, they've had some good trackballs and and whatnot. Yeah, one of the interesting things is I think the Magic Mouse stayed the same price, uh, but it just got the new internals, right? Or did, was it the keyboard that stayed the same price? One of them did. I think it would be the keyboard. Okay, keyboard was pretty much the same, though it does have a new the new scissor keys, which I haven't tried out, so I don't know. I think the the arrow keys are a little bit different, though. They're like the left and right arrow keys are full size. And the F oh. keys are full size now, too, which is different. Okay, but no backlight. No still. backlight, and the reason why I still, don't, I still won't use the, uh, the Bluetooth Apple keyboard or now the Magic keyboard is there's no number pad. I use the $50, which is kind of outrageous for what, what it is, but the wired um, Apple keyboard, which has a full keyboard layout and a number pad on the side i don't know about you but like i just always need to have a number pad (laughs) maybe i'm old school or something (laughs) and it's never been a big deal to me yeah i'm not sitting there entering a bunch of numbers into spreadsheets or anything i don't know if i'd really do that it's more for like i don't know filling out a random form with a number or like typing a number on skype when you're like trying to use it to call people i don't know but I'm better. I'm I'm better at touch typing with the number pad than I am with the number keys up above. Maybe I just uh, never got used to it because I always had a number pad there. Yeah, I'm. I love the number pad for that. I can definitely touch type on that. Well, I mean, I can touch type on everything, but I'm just not as fast as with the number pad. Now, for me, when I get up to that top row, it's it's kind of a no man's land. I don't know. It, but when I put the the trackpad next to that full size keyboard, I feel like it's being spread out too far, so my arms are kind of stretching out a little bit hmm. i don't know it's not like i have small arms or anything i'm not a t-rex <laughs> someone needs to photoshop a picture of you with t-rex arms <laughs> uh, just a t-rex body and a human head that works that works right. maybe we can make that happen i could but yeah i don't know is there anything else to say about the the new apple input devices i mean it seemed pretty straightforward but yeah there's nothing exciting no, in my mind I mean, the 4k iMac, still a 21-inch screen. I guess they didn't want to cannibalize their their 5K display ones. And annoyingly enough, it still, by standard, comes with a 5,400 RPM spinning disc. In 2015. In 2015, which I really think is insane. But these are home machines, right? They're not geared towards professionals, even though they may be used like that. But if you're if you have your 
your kid or your mom or whoever, you know, at home using it, it's still light and day difference using the uh, machine with a solid state disc versus a 5400 RPM. Like, that's yeah. a super slow hard drive. It's not even 72. Yeah. And a 72 on a hardware bus that's not USB or something, that's not bad. Yeah, it's very usable. Mm, but yeah. Considering what you're used to. Yeah, it's not so usable, but... Yeah, going back, I guess it's more more annoying. Maybe if you never got used to a solid-state disc, which maybe a lot of people still haven't, but it's 2015, <laughs> Apple. Come on, 16 gigabytes of storage starting on a phone, 5,400 <laughs> RPM spinning discs. It's just insanity. And it's not like these are very easily replaceable either. Yeah. It's, it's fairly significant surgery to take these things apart. Oh, yeah. Well, I think starting with like the last iMac that came out, you really can't even take it apart. I think they're, they're soldering stuff to the to the motherboards now, storage and all that stuff. Mm. And RAM, yeah. Definitely with the 5K, I believe that's true. I've got to imagine if they're doing it with the 5K, they're doing the same thing with, with a new one. I, oh, they, they couldn't solder a 5400 RPM drive there, could they? Would they be that mean? May, maybe the issue is I just haven't looked at the, uh, the iFixit teardown because I don't have their app on my phone anymore. <laughs> do they even get hardware from apple anymore Are they on some kind of list well you know? i'm sure you can go to the store and buy one today i mean people were doing that with uh trackpads and stuff so were they because i tried to do an in-store pickup when i saw the announcement but they weren't available maybe that was like those uh san francisco coders over in san francisco <laughs> who could do that that could be or maybe they were, they got laid off from twitter today and they uh Went straight oh. to the Apple store to, to buy some Apple products. I don't know. Anyways. They're bootstrapping their startups right now. Yep. They're getting getting ready for their, their Twitter killer. That is a shame about Twitter. Yeah. Well, it seems like they hired way too many people than they, they needed. It seems like Facebook kind of has a similar issue. They have so many engineers and then it's just like, oh, we're going to make all these random open source things that are really cool, but like... Maybe you don't need all those people. I don't know. Maybe we're in a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's a cause for concern. Yeah. I mean, there are signs of a bubble for sure. Yeah, and like if you were ASCII WWDC, you're, I bet you're feeling pretty bad today too because you, you got just, laid off too. Yeah, you got laid. <laughs> Essentially, yeah, they got Sherlocked. I, right. I guess that's a good thing because you can now search through transcripts on the Apple website, the developer.apple.com. That was one thing I always missed about ASCII WWDC was being able to like click through the video or at least pull up the video while reading the transcript. Yeah. Or even the slides. I would have loved to have seen the slides. Yeah. So it's it's really nice now. I don't know if you've searched for anything, but I I went and tried to think of something that they said in some session that I wanted to search for just to see how it worked. And <laughs> it's, it's pretty slick now. That's cool. And I, I heard you can also, when you're reading the transcript, click to the Click on the uh, a place in the transcript, and it'll take you to the video and move you to that point in the video. Yeah, I didn't try that, but that sounds super useful. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's just any old place. You're probably like a header or something like that. Yeah. Which that's that's a great experience right there. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice. So I won't be. I guess maybe I won't be using the that Mac OS 10. Sorry, OS 10 desktop app that we found <laughs> for Dub Dub this last year, next year. Or maybe I'll be in San Francisco again. Who knows? <laughs> Cross your fingers. Yeah. Right. See if they'll select my number next year. Well, we've kind of gotten lucky a few times already in these lotteries. Yeah. I don't know if our, know if our luck will hold out. 
Although I don't know, I I don't know many people who didn't get an Apple TV at this point. If if those are the only lotteries you're thinking of, because it makes me wonder if they just really want devs to make stuff for this thing. It could be. I know a few people that didn't get them still. Yeah. But there, yeah, there is a huge number that did get them. I know more that did than didn't. <laughs> now you're making those people that didn't do it, didn't get it, feel bad. Yeah, sorry guys. Just wait a couple weeks, they'll be out, and Although, you'll still have to buy a USB-C cable. Yeah, well, and I saw it got pushed back to November, too, which I thought was interesting. Oh, I didn't see that. I mean, I'm not sure why, but they said maybe that's, maybe they're timing it with the, so it looks like iOS 9.1 will will be out when that Apple TV is out, and maybe they're waiting for the iPad Pro, because doesn't that come out in November? It's supposed to. I don't know, we'll see, I guess. <laughs> maybe they'll have a November event, and they'll launch a new MacBook. Yeah. That that wouldn't be quite right as far as their timing goes. But. So what else is new, Sam? Well, we did get a new Xcode seven one beta, and it's uh, I guess it's kind of dragging out a little bit, considering like the the dot one betas. I don't know. Do you remember how far they went last year with Xcode six? I don't know, but I at least in the OS betas, I was having some some weird issues. It looks like they resolved some of them with this last beta, but it's kind of weird how every time we got an ios beta we didn't necessarily get a new rev of xcode which normally happens so yeah i'm wondering if they maybe had some little issues that they discovered yeah maybe just some more legitimate bugs they found than normal yeah but for for me 9.1's been relatively stable yeah yeah i've been happy with it yeah it's pretty good mm -hmm. i was having some weirdness with uh pausing and resuming audio uh on and off of bluetooth but it looks like it's resolved in beta 5 okay which makes me happy but that that seems to be one of those bugs that pops up every so often. Yeah, seriously. Like, there's there's two two types of bugs, and they definitely always happen during, like, the major releases. One is, like, everything's super laggy. And I, I think it's, like, the releases where they turn on, like, super debug mode, where maybe they push a whole bunch of data over Bluetooth so it, or do a bunch of debug info so it, like, can't literally keep up, like, push all the data over Bluetooth, I wonder. Yeah, that could be. And then the other one is is basically just, like, you hit play, and then, like, you hit the lock screen or something, and then it just stops, which it shouldn't, it should just keep playing, but I've had that crop up a couple times. Yeah, I've seen that, too. I mean, I've been in my car, the podcast app will, yes, I'm still using the podcast app, uh, the podcast app will start playing, <laughs> <laughs> and then it'll get about halfway into a podcast and then just stop. I don't know if the app itself is crashing. Or if it's just like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be playing audio right now. I don't know. It doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just need to go into iTunes and export my OPML file and all that stuff. And he did make it free. So Overcast 2 is going to be free. Yeah, you should try it out. It's definitely cool. I I kind of questioned, like, why you would do that. It seems weird. Maybe he just has so much money, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I could think of is that He's wanting to get a recurring revenue, and so you can do like a subscription thing where you can just give him a dollar every month or something if you want. Yeah, and I guess I guess I did see he's, he's basically said if like 5% of the people who paid do that, then I'll be making more money just because mm -hmm. of the recurring factor, which makes sense. And I guess that's more of a long-term solution because I guess the biggest issue with just paid up front apps is... You pay and then, all right, you're done. Like, Or users get really angry when you release an update and want more money for it. Like you could see with the TweetBot release a week or two ago. Right. Yeah, it's it's hard. You, developers 
need to make money and they can't just they, they don't want to abandon a product cause that's their love yeah and users don't tend to get that so maybe just the uh, recurring patronage even though less people will do it it'll kind of keep you going for longer it makes sense i guess but it still is a really weird weird way to do it if like if that's what your main source of income is right like that would i guess both things would scare me having a paid up front app <laughs> and just a recurring patronage subscription maybe he feels bad for all those uh, ads that he blocked <laughs> <laughs> could be so i did see a neat little article this week where a guy took a jailbroken iphone downloaded the top 100 ios apps and i'm assuming these are the free apps yeah he said it was the free apps and then he went through and uh did some disassembly on them and looked at all the different classes and found out which libraries those classes are being used in. It has some really interesting statistics, I thought. You read this too, Ar Argo? Yeah, there's there's some interesting tidbits I noticed. Uh, just on a personal note, I, I noticed uh, I've used, like, of the top, uh, let's see, 12 uh, libraries by volume. I have 11 of them in my app. <laughs> so that's a lot of third-party code, I'm realizing. <laughs> Yeah. But actually, no, I take that back. There's no CocoaPods, so only 10 of the top 12 in my <laughs> app. But that's still a lot of third-party code, and that may be the majority of my third-party code, too. There might be some more further down, but... Well, if you're if you're like some of these apps and you're still using things like ASI, HTTP requests, or... Oh, I didn't SP... see that. That's on there still? It's towards the bottom. That's good. Yeah, but it's that they're there. It's still there. It's in four of the of the apps. Huh. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty far down there. Wow, I'm surprised that Parse is only, like, number 99. I would think there would be more apps using Parse. Well, out of the top 100, right? So, I think he said Facebook. Was it Facebook and Google together had seven of those or something like that? Yeah. Each of the top seven apps by number of classes was made by either. Oh, that's, that's the um, class count. Yeah, that was... Now it's just number of classes. Yeah, so if you're a Facebook app or you're a Google app, then you've got a lot of duplicate code in your project, more yeah. than likely. Not necessarily duplicate, just a lot of code, because they got a lot of engineers, as we mentioned before, in all those places. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, I'm sure the number of classes in your uh, app scales linearly with the number of engineers in your company. <laughs> maybe maybe even exponentially. <laughs> it's harder and harder to comprehend the whole thing. That's yeah. for sure. I mean, there's probably not, there's definitely not one individual in this world that could comprehend 18,000 classes, which is what the Facebook app has. Yeah. So I noticed number, kind of concerning number 19 of the top 100 have Open UDID, which I think is a library that basically like bypasses Apple's privacy stuff where you can turn off tracking of yourself. <laughs> so that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Open UDID. Yeah. So that just generates a UDID, right? And stores it in the, right. in the uh, but documents that's, or something. Yeah, and that's all uh, Apple's library does too. But the the big difference is that um, you can go in settings and say, no, don't track me. And then you get a, I forget if it's like a number that everyone gets or you get a different number every time. But hmm. yeah, that's kind of, kind of a bummer. Yeah. Makes you wonder though, if some of these things are being brought in by other third parties or like had sdks or something yeah it could be like uh the bolts ios sdk is 
used in the Facebook iOS SDK, which is why it's all over the place. Right. And there are definitely some ones in there that you expect, like AF networking. Okay. That's no surprise for that to be in there. Yeah. But some of these ones I didn't recognize. Like what? App Lovin'. I've got that one. Well, I've had that one in my app before. They're a really <laughs> horrible ad network <laughs> to work with. Okay. So sorry if you're listening to anyone who works at App Lovin', but <laughs> it's been all bad news with, with us working with them. Okay. What else haven't you heard of? Well, I hadn't heard of the Open UDID. Then when I read in the comments that that's been deprecated for several years now, I think that's why. Maybe they're old apps that are just still in the top 100 because... Because of ASI being in there as well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these aren't too hard to at least understand what they're doing. Some of the ones that kind of surprised me that they're so low, like I would have thought maybe there was more buy-in, like Parse or Reactive Cocoa. Magical record, only number 100 of the top 100. <laughs> yeah, used by four of those top 100 apps. Poor apps. Only, oh, not because it's a bad library, because it hasn't been updated in a long time. Well, they they did come out with a 2.8. Did they? It was. Oh, relatively. Yeah, it addresses some of the concurrency issues that's in there. Well, there is a long period of time, I suppose, where... But it also breaks a lot of things, too. So we haven't upgraded to it at work yet, because it's going to cause us to go ahead and update our code, and we just haven't bitten that off yet. Bummer. Yeah, but we're getting closer. We did get to uh, drop iOS 7 today. Oh boy, Yeah, that's pretty exciting. It was a cause for celebration. I mean, I immediately went and added a framework. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you can. Well, because I can, and I wanted, I wanted to have some interface builder support. It was, a, it was a custom view that one of the guys was working on, and it's like, you know what? This looks awful in the storyboard, and hey, we can do this thing now let's let's go ahead and change over to frameworks and yeah all the kind of toy projects that i mess around with it's it seems like that's something that i always end up doing is if i have some custom drawing code or something i just tick the uh tick all the boxes to get it shown up in interface builder get the the ib designable stuff and the what's the thing that lets you select it in interface builder too the ib inspectable ib inspectable yeah all that stuff it's awesome yeah yeah it's it's very nice i'm i'm happy with it I mean, there are, there are limitations to the IB inspectable, but... Yeah. Yeah, I wish you could do enums. That would be nice. Oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, but, so, how how low did your uh, Iowa 7 percentage get? It's right around the 5% mark. And the way it was trending, it's going down and down. We're about to put out a new release. That one will still support Iowa 7. And then going forward, it'll just be 8 and up. So, is that by... You like sessions or by users? I'm curious. It's by sessions. Okay, that's that's good. And it's also taking into account people that are using relatively recent versions of the app. Yeah. There are there are a lot of people that they don't update their phones and they don't update their apps. Yeah, I did an experiment um, a couple weeks ago where I compared the usage numbers of. All of my sessions versus the users who downloaded the app in the past month. And there is, a, like in iOS 7 usage, there is like a 2% difference, uh, like overall. So, like, every, if I look at all of, the, all of my app data, I think it's like 10% still of, of sessions 
that are using iOS 7. Mm. And if I look at uh, just the people who are who've downloaded in the last 30 days, it's like seven or eight percent. So. Okay. Well, you're getting there. Well, the nice thing is we can just say forget it and drop iOS 7 support whenever we feel like it, which we are doing soon. So we're not. Okay. There's not a magic number we're we're waiting for. The people who are on iOS 7 will still still be able to use the app just fine and. Yeah, uh, and even even new iOS 7 users that may want to use your app. Yep. They'll still be able to see the, a version of the app. Yeah. So no, we don't have any business worries about that. We're we're not uh, as ballsy as Marco and have dropped iOS 8 support. But <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe one day. Not maybe one day in less than a year, I'll say. Because <laughs> I guess in a year, right. uh, dropping support for iOS 8 probably isn't that big a deal. At least you hope to, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the nice thing is that all the devices that are that support iOS 8 also support iOS 9. So Yeah, that, that's... I've got to imagine if thing. you made the jump with, with the limited storage space and everything to make it to 8, you should be good to go to 9 at some point. So. And it runs pretty well. I, I've got it on my iPad mini. Yeah, occasionally it's a little bit sluggish, but it works fine. Yeah. So I'm happy with it. I'm going to have to go back and listen to our old episode where we talked about what's new in iOS 8 or what you can now use in iOS 8, I should say. Yeah. I think that was episode 27, early September. So I'll have to go back and listen to that and see if there's more I can start throwing into our app. Yeah, that is quite a memory you have there, Sam. (laughs) It's called Trello. Oh, Trello's actually down for me right now. I don't know. Don't refresh or else it'll go away. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing it too. Random note for our listeners. <laughs> if you know when Trello went down, you can figure out when we recorded the podcast. Yeah, It did, it did have a little warning that it was going down for maintenance soon. It now did. Down, down. Oh, well. Yeah, well. Now, now we don't know what to talk about because that's how <laughs> we figure out what our topics are. So, yeah, so we're we just... End this- we gotta yeah. end the show then. Yeah, yeah, we're we're just winging it now, guys. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we we would have liked to have had an app of the week, but our Trello board is down. <laughs> <laughs> so if you could, please send us any of your apps that you'd like to be have mentioned on the podcast. Uh, we do enjoy talking about them and checking them out. It's always fun to see what our listeners have come up with. So wait, are you implying that Trello was down because we didn't get any app of the week from people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's bad mojo. Man, I'm sure there's a lot of people who kind of, you know, rely on Trello to do their job. So I think mm-hmm. they should probably send us some apps of the week so they want to be able to keep working. <laughs> yeah, really. Otherwise, those Trello guys are going to start killing kittens, too. Yeah. So yes, send us your app of the week. You can either email us at Shared instance podcast at gmail.com or you know, mention us in a tweet. Either way, we'll get back to you and let you know when we put you out there. Argo, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, well, I'm at Alex Argo on Twitter. I'm at Sam Porter. And also, again, the podcast is shared instance podcast at gmail.com and shared instance on Twitter. So I'll talk to you again later and hopefully we'll have our other member back with us. Yeah, we'll have twice the Alex's next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you. See you.